Hello and welcome to Camera Eats First. My name is Devin. And I'm Catherine. And together we are Two Marker Girls. We run a vegan YouTube channel and a blog, and this is our podcast where we talk about veganism, how we make our recipes, how we run our blog, and we keep you up to date on trending news topics in the vegan world. Now this episode is actually going to kind of be a continuation of something we posted on our YouTube channel this week, which was basically behind the scenes of how we photograph and film a recipe for our channel and for our blog. So we thought there was actually a lot that we talked about in that video. There's a lot that couldn't fit into the video because it was like 25 minutes long. So why don't we kind of expand on those thoughts and lessons and kind of explore them more? Yeah. So... I think we should kind of start with the fact that we don't make a lot of videos that kind of talk about the process behind our Mm -hmm. content. So this was kind of a different experience for us all together. So Catherine, first off, how did you find walking people through your photography process? It was a mess. Oh, no. (laughs) I, I at least so the video, I think, turned out really good. But throughout the whole thing, I was like. Anytime, like, like you know that when you're, like, struggling for the right words, so you just kind of say things, but, like, you're, like, there's an easier way to say it. You just couldn't remember how to say it. Uh, and then, like, you feel like you're all over the place. That's how it felt. Because it's just, like, very not our style of video. I mean, I didn't seem that way when I got your footage. Like, it was pretty easy to, it fell into the right order on its own. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> But I think definitely for me too, it was kind of like unfamiliar territory. And I think also because I was talking about filming alone. Now you, you shoot a lot more photography by yourself than I shoot video Mm -hmm. by myself. So it was also like figuring out how to make that interesting Yeah, because I, you know, I'm used to just getting to film you cooking and it's so easy to make that look good. (laughs) Most of the time it is. Yeah. Um, so I knew I had to kind of think it through more than I normally would to the point where like I sat down and read through the recipe and I was like okay for this step what would I how do I want that to look and I kind of like made notes because I knew I was going to forget or get overwhelmed in the moment Mm -hmm. and that was like the only way I could get myself through each of the steps and still make it look good because I was really worried that it wasn't going to look good yeah and I guess we should mention the other challenge with um, this video concept is we were actually collaborating with another YouTuber and so we were photographing and filming her recipe it wasn't even our own recipe so I know for you like you had seen her photographs Mm -hmm. of the recipe so you also had to like remove those from your mind so they didn't yeah like it's so difficult especially like when it's not your recipe like I feel like when it's your recipe like I redo photos all the time and it's so much easier to like take like just forget about those photos you're redoing them it's your own thing you can do whatever you want but like there's something about like taking somebody else's recipe and like making it your own that I'm like I like should I be doing this like (laughs) Like, I'm like, it feels kind of weird just forgetting about their images and just, like, doing it completely my way, even though that was the whole premise of the video. Like, it just kind of felt weird, and it's so much harder to get those photos out of your mind because that's how that food was introduced to you. Yeah. I mean, that's the same way I feel even when I'm making a recipe is I'm like, this is their recipe, and I want to do it just Like, I don't want to... They already made it so well. I don't want to mess it up. <laughs> so you like get in your head so much. It feels like, I don't know, you're 
gonna ruin something that they made just by like photographing it wrong or making yeah. it wrong yeah I know like I was like when I was like photograph like the whole time I was like oh my god what if she doesn't like the photos what if <laughs> what if she's like this photo doesn't tell the story I wanted for this food and I was like like literally there's like so much pressure when you're trying to like create something that's your own but using somebody else's thing <laughs> no seriously and I was also like I'm as we're going through like we would film and photograph each step but then in between each step we'd kind of talk about what we were doing and as I was talking about it I was also like what if these shots aren't actually turning out <laughs> but I'm talking like they are and then yeah. I was also like sort of struggling with the recipe which you know that's pretty normal for me but on top of like making somebody else's recipe and trying to film it when you're also struggling to just make it on its own it was a lot of uh stress yeah that was like that whole th when you were saying like you were talking about the shots but you didn't even know if the shots were gonna work out the way you wanted them to like I had that going through my mind too where I was like I'm telling people like it almost is like you're teaching people how to do this but I was like what if the photos turn out like shit <laughs> like, like, I was like what if they're terrible and here I am like trying to teach someone how to take a photo <laughs> Yeah, but your photos turned out so well, and you even, like, tried a couple different setups within the video, which takes a lot of work. Yeah, no, it was, I, I think it was the fact that I didn't have to, like, film any of the making or anything. Whenever I don't have to do that, I, like, spend so much more time taking pictures because I have more time to take pictures, so. <laughs> that, that does help. Um, and then I was also, like, there were some shots where I did, um especially I did one jump cut where bowl comes in, ingredients mm -hmm. come in, snap, and oh my gosh, it's melted chocolate all of a sudden. <laughs> and I'm like talking through that. And then in my head, I'm like, if it doesn't turn out, I can always just cut this part out of the video, right? <laughs> but thankfully, like that's the one where I was editing it. And as it comes together, I was like, oh my gosh, I do know what I'm talking <laughs> about. It did turn out. Yeah. It was a little validating, like, at the end, like, all this self-doubt going through the whole process of making this video, and then seeing the end result, I'm like, oh, okay, it worked out. <laughs> we kind of know what we're doing. Um, I loved the shot that you did of the, like, sprinkling of uh, the, like, chopped hazelnuts on the top. It was so nice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we've done that video, and now... Like, we enjoyed that so much that we're talking about it on our podcast, too, because we just obviously enjoyed it. Um, moving forward, like, do you want to experiment more with talking about how we make our content? Yeah, like, for a couple different reasons. Like, I really like making that video, I think. And the more I think we do it, the easier it'll become. Because there were times throughout that, too, I was like, am I forgetting something? Because some you never have to, like, explain what you're doing when you're just taking photos for yourself. Yeah. So, like, I was like, am I forgetting something? Am I skipping a really crucial step? Uh, but, like, the more we do it, uh, the more easy, like, the easier it'll become and the more second nature it'll be. And I, like, actually really, like, I liked doing the video and I liked showing people the process. And even, like, the comments we were getting of, like, oh, I didn't realize how much work went into it kind of be being like that extra little bit to show what all content creators kind of have to do is kind of a nice thing to be able to do just to show people the work that does go into it not trying to like get anything out of it but just showing people that like it's not just a photo and it's not just a video like it's hours and hours of work 
Mm-hmm. And I also think that us going through the process of like having to talk about it helps us learn more about what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Like when you're forced to articulate what you know, you get a better understanding of what you actually know and what you maybe don't know or how to speak about it. So I think what like you're right, we should as we make more like this, we'll get better at it and it'll also help us improve more. Yeah. I also find even like doing more of those videos where it's somebody else's recipe, like I think doing that pushed at least me pushed me way more out of my comfort zone of like taking photos because I couldn't just necessarily rely on like I don't know it made me want to be like really creative because I was like I have to impress this person (laughs) and I was like and I have to make my photos like just as good as hers and like all this kind of stuff so almost like pushed me to do even more and to think uh like like because I think the have like the photos turned out in like my style I think but it was very different than TMG style like we're very light we're very bright in most of our photos but I think having that like seeing all her content and really just wanting to make it creative and really really like food photography-y not bloggy like was a nice fun challenge yeah that's the thing she's like a full-on food photographer as her full-time job so we knew going into this that like she's got she's gonna bring a lot to this so like Mm -hmm. we gotta bring a lot to this and like our content looks good all the time but you're right we do have like our own tmg style to it that is different than hers as it should be yeah but when you're like putting them side by side in a collab like this there's this like extra level of that voice in your head being like is this enough of her and enough of us yeah Um, But also, sorry, speaking of, like, her, her photos of our Korean barbecue burger were amazing. (laughs) Right? Like, I literally, I looked at those photos, I was like, wow, I need to redo our photos for that recipe, because, like, they are (laughs) (laughs) substandard. Even, so, like, it's a burger, right? But, like, I know you found this, too, when you're styling something like a burger, it's all about how you kind of style each layer and each mm-hmm. condiment and like she had the dripping sauce and stuff and even like the color of her backdrop and stuff like you said she's like a moodier vibe to some of her photos which we don't do as much on tmg anymore but that part of it was oh i loved that color of that background yeah no i was talking to her after and i was like legit like seeing that photo in your process made me want to go back to taking moody photos because it looked so right? nice <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I was like, and the color, like, it was like, so the in the photo, it was like a very dark background, but if you look at the video, it was like very blue, the background that she used, and I loved that backdrop so much. Mm-hmm. It was all, like very much like a gem tone, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it has, has so much richness to it, but um, also we will link her in the description. Her name is Muriel Banakisa. So we'll link her Instagram, we'll link the video that she did, and we'll link the video that we are discussing so that you can reference yes. that <laughs> as we're going through all of this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I think it was, like, a nice creative recharge, honestly. Like, I think, like, as much as, like, we try and, like, keep things fresh with TMG, which I think we do, um, it was nice to be able to kind of, like, do something completely different than what we normally do. Mm-hmm. And like I kind of said at the beginning of the video or the podcast, the video had so much in it. Like as I was editing both of our things together, mm-hmm. like there was moments where you went into a lot of detail and there was sometimes where I was like, 
I I feel like this is maybe too much, but we I also want people to know this stuff. So that kind of gave me a sense that, you know, there are parts within this that we can break down and they can be their own video, yeah. their own explanation, right? Especially when you're going into things like um you mentioned aperture, right? So mm-hmm. how much depth of field do you want and when do you change it? And I think just that alone would be so interesting to go into because you just, you know, you show this is when I use this aperture, this is when I use this aperture and having those all those examples would be really helpful. So mm-hmm. as I was editing through all of it, I was like, okay, these are the follow-up conversations that can come from this. And then for my own stuff, I was kind of like, okay, I feel like I've kind of set the foundation, but I can go into a lot more detail because I talk about movement and you see me doing these panning shots, but I don't actually talk about um, how I do that and how I try to make them more stable and what has gone into me being able to do that. So Mm -hmm. even watching that and doing that, I'm like, okay, this is where I could expand. And this is also where I should expand my own skills. Yeah. And there was even like a whole like I didn't record a lot of it, but like there was the whole section of editing the photos that didn't even go in because the video was already ridiculously long. Mm-hmm. Um, so like there's like the process in like editing the video together, like the process doesn't even stop there. Like there's so much after that still. <laughs> yeah, because I know like in there's a part in the video where I mentioned you know, in post, I'm going to reverse this shot so that it comes out clean and something like that would kind of be easier to understand if you do show it in post-production um but again we couldn't fit all that in so i knew that like a post-production video would be easily a follow-up to this yeah even like a video about what to save for post-production because some a lot of times people will do something be like oh just fix it in post which is like easier said than done (laughs) obviously so like what to fix now in the moment while you're doing photos if you can fix it and what to like what is an easy fix in post or that you can't really fix while shooting an image or a video or something like there's so many different offshoots of videos that we could do (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I think like for both of us once you've done enough of like production and post-production you can't do production without thinking about post-production so like Mm -hmm. as you're shooting you're constantly thinking about the edit it's never something that is not in your mind right yeah well, that's um, even why, like, I think I, I don't know if it made it into the video or not, but like even just my mention of flash photography and why I chose flash over daylight is because it makes post-production so much easier. <laughs> hmm. And I know like for photography, sometimes the things that you'll save to fix in post is like, oh, there's like something in the background that I can, you know, cover up and stuff like that. But I mean, that does add to your workload mm-hmm. a lot. And then when it comes to video, it's like, oh... Maybe it could be a little bit brighter or I need a different angle or I should be closer. I could always Mm -hmm. zoom that in a little bit in post, but actually you should just get closer in real life. Yeah. So all of those little things. Um, Devin, I have a question for you, though. What did it feel like actually filming food shots again? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I (laughs) because you haven't done that in a long time. In the moment, I... Honestly, I was like, oh, man, I'm so rusty. This is so hard to do. And then as the edit was coming together, I was like, okay, maybe I still got it. Maybe it's still there. (laughs) And now I'm just like, man, I want to get back to it. I want to get a new camera. I just want to do more. (laughs) Oh, you want a new camera? (laughs) I mean, I really do. My camera's like six years old. 
Yeah, I do wish I had a uh, full sensor camera, but instead of crop, but I'm not willing to spend the money on a new camera right now, considering I like just bought this one. <laughs> I got to say, though, your camera for video stuff, I am loving the footage you're sending me and it's just making me miss filming even more. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so like, I get so worried about like the footage I send you, but uh, I'm glad it's working out. Okay. So yes. we've kind of, we've talked about um, the process, but there was also stuff um, that you did leading up to uh, actually shooting the photos that you talked about in the video, but I think you should kind of reiterate that stuff um, in your conceptualizing of the photo. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot you do before you put your camera on the tripod or anything. Yeah. Um, so I think I mentioned a couple different things in the video and one was um styling the recipe while you're making the recipe so thinking about like what it's going to look like on camera um which is one that like it took me a long time to learn that it wasn't just like make the recipe then shoot it it's no you have to make the recipe pretty strategically so for those cups I made sure to like weigh out the um the like date mixture that was on the bottom so that I could make sure that most of them or at least they looked all consistently like consistent sizes throughout there wasn't like any that had like huge thick layers and some that had like really thin layers so I made sure to like weigh them all out Uh, I didn't do that for the chocolate but I did like a rough estimate each time I made sure to chop the hazelnuts in a certain way and like how did I want them sprinkled over top and like you have to think of those things while especially for a recipe like that where you cannot fix that later like it's not like a salad where you could just add things to it later you need to like really think about it while you're making the recipe which Mm -hmm. can you can easily forget (laughs) oh yeah and that's also something that I have learned from watching you and from seeing how you think when you're making a recipe even something like if you roast garlic don't throw that away Devin because that would look (laughs) really good in the photo if you kept that yeah, it's even like, like, obviously, this doesn't apply to that recipe because I didn't come up with it. But like when you're coming up with a recipe, sometimes you have to think about the colors you use in it. And you're like, oh, like, off, like, I don't always think about this. Like if it's something deep fried, there's really no way to fix that. But like <laughs> <laughs> thinking about like I'm making a burger. OK, so you have green lettuce, you have red tomatoes, like thinking about all the different colors that you can add to it and making sure they complement each other and where to place them on the burger. And I actually think Muriel mentioned this in her video is she put um, the lettuce on the below the burger and then the slaw on top so that the green was separate, the two different shades mm-hmm. of green. So it's like things like that, really thinking about colors while you're making a recipe and where you're placing all the ingredients and all that. It's a lot of thought, a lot of thought when it goes <laughs> to making a recipe. But something else that I've recently started doing a little bit more like seriously was uh, like creating Pinterest boards for uh, image inspiration. Um, before, like I always kind of looked up image inspiration but I didn't really ever like save anything to like a board I just kind of looked I'm like okay see how people style it now let's try it myself now I've like started creating like boards or like mood boards and stuff with like colors and like themes and like I don't even necessarily stick to so like these were like like peanut butter cups or chocolate cups or whatever I like look at things that are similar sizes and shapes so like when I was looking for photos I was like okay macarons are simple similar shapes so let's look at macaron photos and see how people take pictures of macarons and that's actually how I came up with the uh 
over the macro one overhead mm-hmm. when they were all like stacked on top it was a shot someone did for macarons and i was like okay let's try this for these that was such a good shot i, w- I loved seeing that one come together yeah i was i had no, no idea if it was gonna work because like balance like it was all like one color essentially just different shades of brown and reds and i like had no idea how it was gonna turn out in post later when i go to like edit the colors and all that kind of stuff i was so worried about that photo but i was happy with how it turned out that to me was the most like food photography photo i made that day (laughs) and i think what like you said it's a lot of brown tones but what made that photo work was that every piece of it had a different texture right Mm -hmm. so even though the colors were similar the textures were different enough and that's even something that like as I was trying to decide you know what angle or how do I shoot this from you think about well how does the food or the ingredient look and how can you play to that don't play against it right so for something like when the dates are going in you can go up close because dates have really good texture that you want to see right and then for the chocolate I was like I really want to get like the light coming in so you get like that glistening nice Mm -hmm. runny chocolate pouring into the cup so thinking about the ingredients um really strategically is so important we've never had to be so like (laughs) like this video made us be so just like purposeful with every single thing we did like you fall into this passive kind of mode of shooting content and this kind of helped I guess wake us up yeah you kind of like teach yourself in a way like you reteach yourself even though like we were kind of using these principles throughout the whole time anyways Mm -hmm. like for all of our videos but like I don't know something about saying it out loud and trying to explain it to somebody else made you made you like us realize you're like oh yeah that's why I do this yeah (laughs) and you're like reteaching yourself um but like speaking to ingredients like you said um something else to remember when you're making a recipe and photographing it and doing videography for it is like figure out which ingredients would work really well on camera as like props and i mentioned this in the video too is that props aren't just plates and cutlery and like it like uh, inedible stuff props can be just the ingredients uh and especially with this recipe like you said all the um the ingredients had such good textures and such good like colors um and they were all such different textures like from the dates to the hazelnuts to the chocolate like they were all so different and they complemented each other so well though that you didn't like you wanted to make sure you were using those everywhere (laughs) Mm because they were so pretty yeah it made me think about like going back to like you go back to uh, old recipes and you photograph them again so it made me think about well are there old recipes of ours that I could go back and make and just kind of do like one of those quick cut social media versions mm-hmm. of a recipe just to like get that practice and get into that mode and then I also started looking up well you know what would be good for that like an overhead tripod would really help <laughs> with doing that so then I, was trying to I love that. my overhead tripod even though I actually don't use it that much when I do use it it because it comes in such it's like the perfect thing i'm so happy i bought it it really is and for the video that i was editing today you did some overhead shots in that and they were like they were so good for it Mm-hmm. no i know which speaking of this video is gonna be so good guys stay tuned it's like two weeks from now or something <laughs> <laughs> so good i'm so happy with the video in that <laughs> like it took me so long but i'm so happy <laughs> it turned out very well 
so you so not only were you trying to teach video and how we do video you were also teaching it in like much different circumstances than you would normally be filming a video for tmg you were a alone you weren't in the tmg kitchen and you didn't necessarily have all the equipment or the props or what like the same light source or whatever it is so how did you make sure that you were able to teach or able to explain how we would film tmg videos being in literally a completely different environment (laughs) Um, I think like I tried to just focus on the principles because the principles are something that you could apply no matter where you are, right? So mm-hmm. one thing I did mention is change up your angles. You always want to diversify your shots because if it's too stagnant and not enough changes, people like get bored and don't stay um, interested in the video. So that's something that will translate no matter what and trying to add in movement and stuff like that. Um, I probably could have talked about lighting a little bit more like I have a big sliding door Mm -hmm. that I shoot right beside but I know for where I was shooting one of the biggest things that I was struggling with was especially in the beginning of the video my table is brown all of the most of the ingredients are brown (laughs) and literally my food processor has a brown tint to it (laughs) and at that point I was like man I really miss Catherine's stuff so (laughs) much so that was one part where I was like I can work with this for the most part and then I was really really hoping that in post I would be able to kind of like tone down the brown a little bit or like Mm -hmm. bring it out to the to what I knew it could be in my head but I was having a hard time seeing in the kitchen and that that is something that I think I still struggle with and takes practice and being in a different kitchen will test that more right Mm -hmm. like I am used to the lighting and what it looks like in your kitchen so that goes pretty quickly for me but I know I'm still kind of struggling with that in my own kitchen Mm -hmm. have you ever tried shooting um with uh, artificial light no because I don't have any (laughs) (laughs) that is that that is a barrier to using that (laughs) yeah like I'm definitely not opposed to it at all um I just don't have any lights at my house but I think I need at least or I would like at least one light or a bounce because the shadows Mm -hmm. are getting a little intense and that was also something that I was noticing so I think um even though you're like I was trying to explain the process in a different situation I learned a lot from it because I had to think differently than I do in your kitchen I get I'm so lucky in your kitchen because I just have learned how it works and where the good shots are right so I almost like can go on autopilot a little bit so this was good for me and I think that this is a good example for people to see like no matter where you are remember the same principles and try to work with the environment you're in yeah so Devin (laughs) mm-hmm you would want to make more of these videos is that correct i do i think i just what i don't know is what that would look like or sound like for us Mm -hmm. because like with our recipes and like with our whatever wednesdays there's this balance of you know it looks really good but also we're kind of silly sometimes (laughs) very silly (laughs) right so I would kind of want that tone to still exist when we're talking about our production process so I think it's uh, us figuring out how to get to that and get comfortable yeah yeah 
(laughs) (laughs) I think also when it comes to making those videos and I think it's because like when we make any other video it's very unscripted we don't pre-plan anything it's just us hanging out talking but I think for these videos portions of it kind of have to be like pre-planned in a way because we want to make sure we're hitting all the correct points um we're saying everything we want to say we're saying it in the order we want to say and that it makes the most sense and then I think having that kind of stuff nailed down will also like allow us to not try and be so frantic and like trying to figure out making sure we're saying everything and like once that stuff is actually when it's actually planned out maybe there will be room for the silliness because we won't be so like freaked out about getting everything in the video and remembering everything correctly exactly i think that's a really good point like the structure you have to figure out the structure for a video like this because if you don't have a good structure then people aren't getting out of it what you want them to get out of it and once we have the structure then like our silliness comes through just in like the things that will happen no matter what like i'll spill something or you know what i mean yeah those things that you can't really plan (laughs) but they add to the their character yes that's it they create our brand (laughs) (laughs) our brand is silliness and then i guess like the other side to that discussion is and i know this is something that i think i asked you too is like is this content that our audience wants mm-hmm. or do we need to like that's kind of reaching a different audience so how do we do that because I mean this video wasn't our best performing video because it is so different it was honestly of the last 10 videos it was our worst performing video gonna be completely honest yeah. um, which was like disappointing but at the same time like we're introducing something completely different than we've ever made before so it's kind of expected um and like it could be one of those things of like trying to figure like maybe it's just that we've never done something like this before so people weren't used to it so maybe the more we did it the more people would get used to it and the more views it would have or maybe it's just the people that follow us and the viewers that we have now are strictly just interested in food and they don't care about the behind the scenes and that's fine um it's just about finding that like that balance for us because like I do I think making these videos is very useful for us Mm -hmm. because again like it helps us understand kind of the process a little bit more what we're doing it reteaches us a little bit allows us to be a little bit more creative forces us to be a little bit more creative so it's still like like I would still like to do videos like this but of course I don't want to create content that people don't care about Mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah i know it's a difficult struggle because like it's something that we enjoy but you can't we still want to grow our channel and we don't want to lose viewers over it but you also like don't sell out just for the numbers so like we need we need a second channel tmg behind the scenes (laughs) we cannot tmg vlogs (laughs) everyone's got a second vlog channel now (laughs) i think it's about time we're probably due for it Which, honestly, I didn't realize was such a thing on YouTube until recently. Like, everyone has a second channel. Uh, Yeah, and I've always kind of thought, you know what? Just keep it all on one channel. I guess it's... But, again, it could be to the point of that, like, not everyone wants vlogs and not everyone wants that kind of content. So let's separate it so that people who want this can go to this channel and people who want this can go to this channel. And you're not having to, like, get a bunch of notifications of content you don't care about. Mm-hmm. But then it's also like if you start another channel and no one watches that one, well, the ouch. priorities. <laughs> 
and also like how do you prioritize that second channel <laughs> exactly i think we're getting out of hand here yeah we are definitely getting out of hand <laughs> but i do think we've always kind of like tested the waters as far as like behind the scenes content even like vlogs or like what i ate in the day mm-hmm. st- style videos we've tried to figure out what that balance is with what our audience wants and like we like content creation style videos so maybe if we were to find a happy medium i think it would be really cool to do a video like this but one where it's about using just your phone to do it mm-hmm Right. Yeah, I, I thought about that while we were making it too. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's the, the only thing is that like I like hardly use my phone for photos. Like they're right. quick Instagram story photos every time, and that's it. Yeah, but your photos still turn out well. I'm over here like I need to get a new phone. Mine <laughs> looks so bad. Devin, step one: get a new phone. Got it. <laughs> um but yeah so it's finding that balance because i think it's still like content we want to make um mm-hmm. and like again i'm fine when content doesn't perform well like it's, it's kind of a bummer sometimes like especially when you're like oh this was a lot of fun you know it's really useful and then it doesn't perform it's kind of a bummer but at the end of the day I, we're just kind of doing it for fun still anyways mm-hmm. like as much as we've talked about making sure tmg is like we're on the strategic side and we're like fun it is still just fun like we still want to make sure that it's still fun for us Mm -hmm. and i do think that there's another benefit that we kind of haven't discussed or considered and that's like when you make a video like this you're also showing to brands or to other um experts in this field what we are capable of right if we Mm -hmm. never talk about it or never show it People won't know. I mean, they'll know because of what our content looks like, but they won't actually hear us talk about it. So I think that's also an important piece to have. Yeah, no, I think to that point, like there's like seeing a good photo or seeing a really good shot, well shot video is like one thing, but like hearing people talk and like know what they're talking about and like know that like what they did in that photo was strategic and for a reason and this is the reason is like a big plus I would assume for brands and for people who want to hire us to photograph for them not necessarily collaborations but like people who want to hire us as as um, photographers and videographers yeah it's almost like an extension of your portfolio in a way right it's like a different side mm-hmm. to your portfolio that I think is important for us to have. I agree. So if we were to make another video like this, what do you think the logical next video would be? If we're like starting to like get the more focused down on like specific skills and specific areas, what do you think makes the most sense to do next? Oh, that's a tough one. I think the next one probably needs to be like just an element of photography or just an element of videography because i think Mm -hmm. otherwise it gets to be too long and too much in a in a video Mm -hmm. so it would be deciding what next small thing from either of those things we could decide on and i on it i don't know what it is yet yeah um i know like the other thing that you found a lot when you were making the video too was just being able to show your process is actually very difficult especially like you shoot in such a small space too and really all I was doing is setting up my phone and showing and then you know so even 
like learning how to capture the process better which i wish we could be together to do that because i know mm-hmm. we could do it so much better yeah like no i know finding the right angles and right shots and like where they can see the most amount was so difficult like the number of shots of just my butt in the footage <laughs> was redonkulous <laughs> Like, I would, like, shoot and turn around. I'm like, that's just my butt. They can't see anything. (laughs) Um, Yeah, because I also, like, it's like the shooting with, like, I don't shoot with natural light. So, like, that side's blocked by flash. And then there's a backdrop, which is black. Like, there's literally almost one angle that I can get it at. And it's, like, the angle I am standing in front of. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You need, like, a camera mounted on the wall somewhere. Just, like, (laughs) almost like a security camera pointing down. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that was honestly the most difficult part of shooting that video was figuring out where to freaking put my camera. I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what you would want to do like next if what the next video? I don't know. I feel like it has to be something like on the more introductory side of like, like, I don't know if it should be talking about like camera settings Mm -hmm. because I think that's one of the most important things people can learn about Mm -hmm. is like how to play around with your settings and not like ruin your photo like which setting you can change and like to get it brighter or darker or whatever it is whatever you need um because I feel like like you can learn how to style food but if you don't know how to work your camera then like there's really no point in (laughs) learning how to style food right Mm -hmm. um so I think like for photography just like the order of things like if you're thinking about like what people should learn first I think just talking about like your camera settings and what each setting does is like the most natural first step. Yeah, definitely. And even for videography too, like the biggest thing I find myself wanting to tell other people who are starting to film food is understanding your frame rates and your shutter speed. Yeah, I still don't know that for video and I've been shooting our videos for like four months. (laughs) Hey, you're doing, you're doing right. I check it. Okay. Okay. But it is like once you know which each one works for, then you're already on like a step ahead to getting your videos to look better. And I think there's so many people that just don't ever learn that because they think with video, you just have to hit record and, you know, adjust your ISO so it's bright enough. Yeah. Um, Or people play around with the shutter speed to get it bright enough, but that actually can make your video look really bad sometimes. So... That's yeah. the one thing I find myself wanting to tell people about video, like the first thing to learn. So maybe we just need to each do a video about settings on a camera there you <laughs> and go. how it how it like how it affects your end result. If you decide to turn one up or turn one down and like finding that balance that's right for the photo. Exactly. Which is and another it- reason I love flash photography because <laughs> you have more flexibility. <laughs> Definitely, definitely i also feel like i would love to do one talking about flash photography and like artificial light for food photography because the number of like and again i think i used to be one of them because all the information you get about food photography is that natural light is best i completely disagree i think <laughs> artificial light is best since using artificial light like i think like i think natural light is beautiful for photos when you can get it but I honestly think flash photography is the best the best lighting that I've used um, for consistent results. Yeah, getting those photos or even video that is like looks its best with natural lighting can be 
so fleeting and so rare to find like the prime examples that people tell you about so and and i know like before you get into flash photography it feels very intimidating like even to me i don't know much about flash photography i'm like what are all these how do you know what you're doing <laughs> <laughs> um, but also like i do want to make a video like that but for anyone that's interested in just like learning more basics you can go to uh the bite shot on youtube that's where i learned a lot of the like flash photography knowledge mm-hmm. yeah her stuff is great yeah no honestly like i love her content for food photography and because it's like it's so different from everybody else's like it's not the same it's not like the same food blogger over and over being like use natural light use natural light it was like that's easy when you live in california and light is there all the time like mm -hmm. it doesn't work like that here in canada <laughs> yeah or if you have like a big space to shoot in with a nice window or something yeah right? or a beautiful kitchen and like that all this too. stuff like there's so many variables that go into using natural light that like it's just honestly easier just to learn flash photography <laughs> 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 than struggling your way through natural light photography yeah the only other factor is the budget to get the equipment. But yeah. you invest in a good flash and it'll last you a long time, right? It's not like yeah. it's something you have to replace very often. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's another video that I think would be interesting to uh, uh, to do. Because there's even like, like I think uh, Muriel also is just natural light photography. Like I don't think she does artificial light. Um, and I think it's a lot of food photographers don't do artificial light unless you're like a commercial food photographer. Mm -hmm. Um, so it'd be a cool video to be able to just like explain why I like flash photography as a food blogger, not a commercial food photographer. Exactly. And I, I'm glad we are talking about all these things. So when we forget them, we just can go back to this. <laughs> yeah. Bookmark this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. That's what we were going to say and film. Yeah. <laughs> This is yeah. good. Or when we're struggling for a whatever Wednesday idea, we could just go back to this episode. <laughs> exactly. This is very helpful for us. I hope uh, our listeners are enjoying hearing this process too. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we can really elaborate on. I hope this was a good extension of what we touched on in the video. If you have seen the video, let us know your thoughts. And if not, check it out. We will link it in the show notes. We really enjoy filming and photographing mm -hmm. food and talking about it as well, as I hope you could tell from this episode. <laughs> and if you want to check out any of our recipes, they are at twomarketgirls.com and twomarketgirls on YouTube. And then they're also on the socials all the time. We're Two Market Girls. All over the socials. <laughs> yeah. be sure We're starting to use Facebook again, so head over to our Facebook page. <laughs> Yeah, you know, keeping up with all these socials is a struggle. It really is. <laughs> That's why we're not getting a second YouTube channel, Catherine. <laughs> what are you talking about? We have so much time to spare. Yes. <laughs> all right, that's going to be it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.